Life Audio. Today we are looking at Psalm 76, and it references one of my favorite passages of the Old Testament, and that is the story of King Hezekiah. If you are not familiar with King Hezekiah's story, I want you to stay tuned because it's something that honestly reads kind of like a novel. So we're going to take a quick break and have a word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive into today's episode. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. We are continuing our devotional reading through the Psalms, and today we're going to be on Psalm 76. If you are just joining us or you're new to reading the Psalms, the reason why we are reading through the Psalms on the Hearing Jesus Podcast is because the Psalm book really was the hymn book and the reference book that Jesus and the disciples would refer to often in the New Testament. In fact, it's the one book that is referred to the most in the New Testament. It's referred to in, in the Old Testament. And so um, when we're learning and we're reading and we're studying the words of Jesus, and he so often refers to the Psalms, I wanted to go back to the Psalms so we had a better understanding of the humanity and the emotion and God's character and nature that we see in the Psalms. If you are just joining us and you would like a, a couple extra resources to help you process the information that we're learning. Every Monday, I send out an email that has a journaling prompt to go along with each one of these episodes. And what the journaling prompt does is it gives you an opportunity to get the information from your head and into your heart. So we have some key verses that we share, the journaling prompts, and um, again, that's completely free that goes out every Monday. That's for our current episodes. If you would like the previous episodes, Psalms 1 through 50 are now available in a guided journal that includes both the audio, some journaling space, some key verses and the journaling prompt itself. That's only $5. You can find that at shehears.org in the resources section. And again, journaling is just something that I have found over the course of my life that, that helps me process everything that I'm feeling, everything that I'm thinking, even some of my prayers. So I pray that that's a blessing for you, that, that resource. So again, we're going to be in Psalm 76 and I'm reading from the NIV and I'm starting here in uh, verse one. In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. His tent is in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. There he broke the flashing arrows, the shields and the swords, the weapons of war. You are resplendent with light, more majestic than mountains, rich with game. Valiant men lie plundered. They sleep their last sleep. Not one of the warriors can lift his hands. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both horse and chariot lie still. You alone are to be feared. Who can stand before you when you are angry? From heaven you pronounced judgment, and the land feared and was quiet. When you, O God, rose up to judge, to save all of the afflicted of the land, surely your wrath against men brings you praise, and the survivors of your wrath are restrained. Make vows to the Lord your God and fulfill them. Let all the neighboring lands bring gifts to the one to be feared. He breaks the spirit of rulers. He is feared by the kings of the earth. Now, Psalm 76, if you know what's going on, is actually pretty self-explanatory. I love Psalm 76, but if you don't know the backstory as to what's actually going on, you may miss it and, and misunderstand what, what's, uh, what it's talking about in this passage. Now, Psalm 76 is typically 
called a song, a Zion song, which means that it was used as a hymn within, um, within Judah, within Israel. And there's four things that I want to point out that we see in this Psalm. And then we're going to get into, to why we see those things. The four things that we see are just declarations of who God is. So the first one is the God who is known. We see that in verses one through three. The second is the God who is light. We see that in verses four through six. The third is the God who is awesome. We see that in verses seven through 10. And the fourth is the God who is feared. And that's in verses 11 and 12. Now, the background for this psalm is traditionally thought to be the invasion of the king of Assyria, which we read in depth back in 2 Kings. And I'm actually going to go back and read part of that. Um, you can also read about it in Isaiah 36 and 37. Um, but in the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of, of this from the original languages, it actually names this psalm as a psalm for the Assyrian. And so it's typically interpreted as referring to the king of Assyria who invaded Judah back in 701 BC. Now, if you remember, at this time in Israel's history, it was the split kingdom. There was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and they had different kings for each section. We're talking about Judah with the king of King Hezekiah was the king of Judah. And so there were, of course there was Israel and there was Judah. And if you don't know King Hezekiah's story, I would really encourage you to go back and read about, um, all the things that he saw, how he saw God intervene on his behalf and in the behalf of Judah altogether. But King Hezekiah is one of my favorite Old Testament kings because he had such a heart for the Lord. So we're going to read, I'm going to start in Second Kings chapter 18, and I'm not going to read all of it, but I want to read enough to give you some context to help you understand what's then going on in today's psalm. So starting in verse one, it says, in the year of Hosea, son of Allah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places. He smashed the sacred stones and he cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made for up to that time the Israelites had burning, been burning incense to it. So what we see here is King Hezekiah, who it says that he was, of course, in the line of David, he was doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And and at that time in Israel's history, that's an important distinction to make, that this is just not any old king. This is a king that is really seeking after the Lord and, and trying to do what's right, um, just as he did as his, uh, his ancestor David had. And so when it says he removed the high places, that's referring to different temples that had been set up to other gods that the, the Israelites had put in place. This is part of the rebellion. This is part of what eventually led to their captivity, um, in Babylon. So he removed the high places. He smashed the sacred stones. Again, those were used to worship false gods. And he cut down the Asherah poles. Asherah was one of the, the fertility gods that was really prevalent in that culture. He broke into pieces the bronze snake because they were using it to burn incense to worship another false god. And so Hezekiah has set on this path of restoring Israel to God's righteous standard. So in verse 5, it says, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses, and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. He rebelled against the king of Syria and did not serve him. 
And so what what chapter 18 goes on to talk about is the king of Assyria was demanding tribute from all the surrounding nations. And Judah, this tiny little nation of Judah, is now being ruled by King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah notices that the Lord God of Israel is is the only one that they're supposed to be uh, worshiping. And so worshiping and trusting and, and, of course, even paying tribute to. And so in the process of the restoration of Israel, he's now trying to do some p- political damage control and say, no, we're not going to bow down to any other king. We're going to bow down to the king of kings. And so the king of Assyria, when he learns that King Hezekiah is not going to pay the tribute to to him. He's he's really mad about it. So he comes and he starts to threaten King Hezekiah. And so I'm jumping down to verse 28 again, chapter 18. It says, Then the commander stood and called out in Hebrew, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Do not let Hezekiah deceive you. He cannot deliver you from my hand. Do not let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord when he says, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given to the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah. This is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and come out to me. Then each of you will eat fruit from your own vine and fig tree and drink water from your own cistern until I come and take you to a land like your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey. Choose life and not death. So what, what's happening here is the king of Assyria is calling this out to the citizens of Judah and is saying, don't trust King Hezekiah. Don't listen to what he says. You're not going to defeat me. You're not going to resist me. Come, just come with me. And what's he say? Does that sound familiar to you? He talks about the land. He talks about uh, the, the, a land of honey and um, fruitfulness. He's offering a counterfeit of if you remember back to the the promised land, what was promised in that land? It was a land of milk and honey. It was fertile ground. The king of Assyria is trying to offer a counterfeit to the Israelites to draw them out of the protective care of King Hezekiah and ultimately of God himself. And so he's using these very deceptive words and telling them, don't listen, don't listen, don't listen, listen to me. And so King Hezekiah of course, has a response. Um, the The officials come and they are talking to King Hezekiah about what to do. And um, the prophet Isaiah was the, it was kind of like the political or the spiritual advisor to the office. And so, you know, the whole book of Isaiah, that guy, <laughs> Isaiah is, is saying to King Hezekiah, um, this is what the Lord says. Cause remember Isaiah was prophetic. And so King Hezekiah was going to Isaiah to say like, look, what do, what, what do I do in this situation? This guy's threatening to kill us. You know, his army is vast. We're this tiny little city in Judah. I know I want to stand up for what's right, what, what God wants us to do, but there's this looming threat. And so Isaiah says to him, this is verse, this is chapter 19, now verse six, it says, tell your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you've heard. Those words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Listen, when he hears a certain report, I will make him want to return to his own country and there I will have him cut down with the sword. So essentially God is saying, don't listen to that guy. It's an empty threat. I'm going to deal with him. And King Hezekiah it's so encouraging to see, see the faith of King Hezekiah when he responds in faith to something that in the physical looks impossible. 
in the physical, there's this huge army, this vicious king. If you think back, the king of Assyria, um, it was the same people group in Nineveh. Remember when Jonah, uh, this whole story of Jonah and the whale, and Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh? That was the same people group. They were known for being very ruthless and evil. I mean, they skinned people alive and set them on fire and all sorts of crazy stuff. And so this was a very hostile people group that they were facing with this huge, huge army. And here's tiny little Judah. So King Hezekiah is really kind of caught in this place. And so he gets this word from the Lord. And then we see God's hand really help deliver this whole situation. So down in verse 14, it says, um, Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. So he's talking about a, a messenger that had brought them a letter from the king of Assyria that was, again, threatening them like, you know, you, you better just give up because God's not going to deliver you. And so it says, Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, the Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. Sennacherib is uh, the king of Assyria. Verse 17, it is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and these lands, that they have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hands so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are God. So so basically, King Hezekiah is saying, look, we know what he's done to the surrounding nations. They have cut down the nations around us. They've defeated everyone. They've taken their gods and thrown their gods into the fire, but those were false gods. They were not worshiping the God of Israel. Those surrounding nations were, were worshiping false gods. So King Hezekiah is saying, okay, I know that you are the one true God and I know that you can deliver us. And, and God, wouldn't you deliver us so that everybody on earth would know that you are the God above all gods. You are alone, our God. And so verse 20, it says, Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah. Again, this is a prophetic word that Isaiah is sharing with King Hezekiah. It says, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria. This is the word that the Lord has spoken against him. Okay, I actually think we're going to take a little bit of a break because this is the exciting part and I don't want to forget to take a break. So we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor and we come back, we're going to finish up the rest of this psalm. Stay tuned. Okay, so we're at this point where Isaiah is trying to encourage King Hezekiah with a word from the Lord. And um, I'm not going to read all of it. You can read again. This is uh, 2 Kings 18 and 19. I'm going to just read verse 32. It says, therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. So Isaiah is saying again with reassurance from from God saying the king of Assyria is not going to defeat this place. You need to stand firm, stand strong. So that's what Hezekiah does. And he does not surrender to the king of Assyria. So they're entering battle, entering this, this, you know, attack. Listen to what verse 35 says that night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all dead bodies. 
So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh, and he stayed there. And then in verse 37, it says that his sons killed him with a sword. And that was the end of him. And I want you to think about this as we reread this psalm. Because this psalm is written in response to what happened with King Hezekiah. Where they were facing impossible circumstances. They were facing certain death. This king of Assyria who's known to be a vicious, vicious king. To torture people. To to just, man, just he was murderous. And tiny little Judah... God's chosen people, God's remnant, where King Hezekiah is really trying to pursue and and do what God wants him to do. And and it should have been a case where they should have surrendered because in the physical, that's what it looked like. But in the spiritual, we have a God that says yes when everybody else says no. We have a God that is our defender, even when it doesn't seem to make sense in the physical. So with that, I'm going to read Psalm 76 and think about the response that we're hearing. This is a song. This is a worship song of the people that have experienced this amazing miraculous event again starting at verse one in judah remember judah is the city um israel is the northern kingdom judah is the southern kingdom and king hezekiah is the king of judah in judah god is known his name is great in israel his tent is in salem salem is another uh word for jerusalem at the time his dwelling place in zion zion was the hill where the temple was held There he broke the flashing arrows, the shields and the swords, the weapons of war. You are resplendent with light, more majestic than mountains, rich with game. Valiant men lie plundered. They sleep their last sleep. Not one of the warriors can lift his hands. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both horse and chariot lie still. You alone are to be feared. Who can stand before you when you are angry? From heaven you pronounced judgment, and the land feared and was quiet. When you, O God, rose up to judge, to save all the afflicted of the land, surely your wrath against men brings you praise, and the survivors of your wrath are restrained. Make vows to the Lord your God and fulfill them. Let all the neighboring lands bring gifts to the one to be feared. He breaks the spirit of rulers. He is feared by the kings of the earth. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the treasure of your word and the way it reveals the things, the deep things of God that recognize, that we recognize are characteristic of you as the protector and the provider. And God, thank you that um, we have a God that does, you, you do rise up in defense and you do move and work in impossible ways that in the physical we just can't quite understand. God, I thank you for this treasure of Psalm 76 that reminds us of the work you did in Second Kings and in Isaiah and, and the way that this all works together. God, help us to seek you out in the pages of the Psalms or any of the scriptures that we're reading. Help us not to just read through it quickly, but help us to seek to understand what you're actually talking about, God, because our response when we know the story of King Hezekiah and we know the way that you deliver delivered Judah, we can just cry out our hearts in thanksgiving along with Psalm 76 that you are a God that delivers. God, we thank you for your deliverance in our own lives. And I pray that you would be with my friends today and every day. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little one-on-one? My goal for the She Hears ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? 
Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been praying about, that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.